All right, it is time for another episode of the Crypto 101 podcast, ladies and gentlemen. But before we get to our guest, I have something exciting to tell you. If you love listening to the Crypto 101 podcast, um, you know, you're, you're getting two episodes uh, a week. You're hearing about crypto experts and learn about their companies and projects. Well, guess what? Now you have the opportunity to hear from 47 of the top crypto experts for a full jam-packed three days where they will discuss what they believe to be the best crypto opportunities for the year. And it's all happening during our Digital Currency Summit. Okay, it's a virtual event. It's hosted by Pizza Mind, a.k.a. Aaron Malone, and myself. And guess what? Your ticket to attend is totally free. Um, so to reserve your free ticket, just go to digitalcurrencysummit.com and click the link and go sign up. It's all done there. And, and you got to do it now because you don't want to miss out on this event. And we really can't wait to see you there. Again, it's digitalcurrencysummit.com. All right, everybody, all of you wonderful, good citizens of Crip Nation. We hope you're having a great day wherever you are in the world. You are certainly in the right place today because we have an awesome podcast guest lined up for you. Uh, I'm not even going to spoil the surprise yet, but we are going to learn basically everything you need to know and everything you didn't need to know about DAOs. Uh, we are going to just talk about decentralized autonomous organizations and uh, governing the future. But first off, Mr. Pizza Mind Malone, as always, I'm joined by my compadre. How are things going by you? Uh, I'm absolutely sick and tired of the nonsense going on in this world. I'm ready for Web3. I'm ready for communities of like-minded people being able to build an entire society together Reach. from the ground up, including a government, a financial system, everything we need you know i'm tired of having to give up all of my freedoms for quote unquote the greater good mm. so let's learn our escape hatch and our sherpa through that escape hatch is spencer graham project lead at dow house spencer first off thank you so much for everything you're doing for the world and secondly welcome to the crypto 101 podcast well thanks uh thanks for that warm introduction and thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm excited to be here and I'm excited to talk about DAOs. I cannot promise that it will be everything that you need to know <laughs> about DAOs, but it'll certainly be stuff that's been on my mind. Um, and it's DAOs and, and coordination and uh, all of this technology and, and cultural movement is kind of all I think about these days. So uh, really excited to talk to you guys about it. No, this this is going to be a real treat to to get into your mind um, and, and have just you know those high level conversations that most people kind of run away from a lot of the times. I think we we, we look at um, this period in our lives. I don't think the the United States has ever been really more divided, right? And we we have you know Russia on the border of Ukraine. God knows what's going to happen. We have China flying Taiwanese or we have China flying jets into Taiwan. So there's and we're coming out of a pandemic, right? And and everybody is feeling divided. Everybody's maybe feeling like this op this is their opportunity to uh, to expand or whatever um, in, in into new territory. And we have lots of global uncertainty, right? January was the worst month in stock market history. Did you know that? Or the worst January in stock market history ever since you know the the, the late eighteen hundreds. 
Um, the stock market has never had a, a, such a bad January. And Bitcoin was down 30%. Ethereum was down 35%. So we're, we're kind of in a, uh, in, a, in a crazy world. And I think it's a, in an opportunity for a, a separation of money and state. I think that this is a trend that is going to catch fire in a lot of people's mind. Um, and I think it's something I want to talk a lot about today is the separation of money and state. And what that means, especially as President Biden just the other day came out and said he's going to have an executive order on Bitcoin as a matter of national security. What? Right. Why is that? Oh, because they want to slap Russia with some economic sanctions to deter what's going on. Right. And one of the main things is obviously, you know, SWIFT and the banking system and getting them out of that. And, and, and Russia kind of might even potentially see an opportunity to leverage crypto to say, hey, you know, that doesn't actually affect us as much. Like you could cut us off from SWIFT. You could cut us off from the US dollar. We have, you know, alternative ways of moving value. And so again, th there's, there's a, a tremendous, tremendous shift in the dynamics that are going around right now. And, and I just kind of wanted to open up. I know that was kind of a, a, a long-winded uh, kind of introduction, but Spencer, are these things that you're thinking about? Like, you know, why are you so involved in decentralizing governance? I, I don't, so I, I don't spend a ton of my time thinking about the like global macro movements, but I think that what you just described is a great lens into a lot of the stuff that I do think about, which is the importance of decentralizing governance at all kind of levels or, or, or all scales. Um, governments, states, multinational uh, kind of governance or organizations, that's like at the top of the scale or yeah, that's the top of the scale, but governance exists all the way down through individual like uh, smaller countries, states within the United States, et cetera, uh, cities, companies have governance, non-governmental organizations also have governance, individual, uh, any group of people most likely has some governance components to it. And it's really important, in, at least in how I've been thinking about things to provide tools and infrastructure and kind of create a culture of decentralizing the, the executive power within all of those governance structures. And, it, and the reason I say there's a great lens that you just created, because one of the challenges is that uh, in, in Russia, it's basically an autocracy and there's not a lot that any of the citizens or residents of Russia can do to change what uh, Russia is doing to kind of impose its selfish will on, on other parts of the world. And so the United States kind of has to, they, it, the United States government feels this responsibility to throw around its weight to try to counteract that. But if instead uh, we looking into, <laughs> into like a more of a utopic future here, if instead uh, governance of uh, localities and nations was uh, more decentralized where there was not power in the hands of a single uh, person who likes to ride uh, without a shirt on a horse, you wouldn't require other strong men to try to throw their weight around to corral <laughs> those people on horses. Uh, so it, like there's, there's a lot of layers, but like 
the world that we're trying to work toward is one in which uh, we don't need to constrain all of these you know, freedoms and flexibility in order to counteract big, serious issues because those big, serious issues are much less likely to occur because we've taken away power from, from really otherwise or, or currently very concentrated uh, power centers. So the revolution starts as a grassroots movement. What kind of tools are you guys building at Dow House to enable these grassroots movements to begin thriving? Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of ways to describe what Dow House is and, and what it does. But I think there's really, Dow House is actually three, three things, all of which are, are very interrelated. But so Dow House, uh, almost first and foremost, is a community of people that are devoted towards advancing you know, the movement of decentralized governance or community-led governance. Uh, so at Dow House, the software, the platform, the product grew up out of out of that community who was who were looking for new ways to coordinate with uh, with each other. And so Dow House is a, a no-code platform for launching and starting what we like to call purpose-driven community DAOs. So those are DAOs that are focused on supporting a community of, of people, a community of humans, you know, in a way that they can kind of collectively take action and do things together. But really importantly, while maintaining and, and, and reinforcing and supporting the individual sovereignty of each member of those communities. So a lot of the DAOs that use DAO House and a lot of the tools that we are creating are meant for uh, almost creating like a superposition between individualism and collectivism. And that is like a really unique thing that you can do with smart contracts is create these like weird melded versions of things that are very, very separate or very hard to do together in like the real world. Uh, but you can, you can make something simultaneously private property and public property or and shared property. And when you can do that, then you open up all these possibilities for, for how, uh, communities of people can work together while also respecting each other's individual rights and individual sovereignty. Interesting. Yeah. It's and one it's, of the reasons why beautiful thing. Yeah. It's, it's one of the reasons why communism didn't work because, Hey, if everybody owns it together, then nobody takes accountability and ownership over things. So then things just, you know, tragedy of the commons. Right. And so um, capitalism works and it has worked great, you know, dot, dot, dot. We'll see. Hopefully the story is still <laughs> getting written right now. And it's because, you know, when people take ownership of something, you know, people take care of it and things thrive. And so kind of what I'm hearing from you and correct me if I'm wrong, is that blockchain kind of has this unique, you know, technological ability to fulfill maybe just the perfect combination of, of capitalism and, uh, you know, utopianism or socialism. I, I think so. I, I maybe I'll put it this way. I think. DAOs and smart contracts and blockchains and all of this stuff has the potential to, to do that. There's a lot of challenges ahead. Like there's a lot of work for us to do, but more than anything, like that's all of this stuff is one of the only reasons that I have remained somewhat optimistic about the human, uh, the future of humanity. Uh, there's like so much real crap uh, happening and it, it's, it's very, it's really challenging to look at it and be excited about <laughs> about the world, except for all this amazing stuff that is bubbling up out of out of the blockchain, crypto, uh, DAO space, uh, Web3 space. And that stuff is really exciting as a ton of promise if we're able to harness it in the way that we need to. 
Can you tell us a little more about those challenges? Like what really keeps you up at night that you've been really trying to wrap your head around trying to solve? What's the common topics going on in the community about things that you guys need to overcome or build or create? I think a really big challenge is this tension between decentralization and almost efficiency or effectiveness, especially at scale. Uh, it's really hard uh, to maintain like full decentralization of all of the components of running an organization, especially when that organization grows beyond like, I don't know, 30-ish people. There's just decisions that need to be made that are really challenging to do as a group and probably shouldn't be done as a group. And so the, the, the space is going through this like reckoning right now of trying to figure out, does that, like, do we need to even maintain decentralization? Where are the, what are the important things to remain decentralized or to keep decentralized? And how should we be thinking about that? And what are the tools we need to facilitate all of this stuff without losing the crucial prote protections that make all of this possible? And I think it's fun. It's funny you mentioned that. But the first thing I was thinking of was uh, the U.S. government and how it's structured. They attempted to have decentralization with the Senate, the Congress, the House of Representatives. But instead, you've now got hundreds of people that are not experts in anything that have to weigh in on all this stuff that just takes literally years for them Mess. to ever come to a consensus. But then you can't just call upon like one expert like Fauci to then take, you know, complete control of a situation because that turns out into a mess too because what if that one person is wrong or they didn't get the right data sets and they had the best of intentions but or, the wrong or data. Or prefers to lie. <laughs> or has a huge stock incentive in pushing one agenda over another. So it seems like there's no one way that works. How do you guys approach this as a DAO? What are some of the early thoughts of, you know, either the path of least resistance or best practices, what do you do? Yeah, so I mean, some problems like that are kind of beyond beyond the scope of what we're attempting to, <laughs> to address right now. I think like baby, well, sure. we'll, we'll work our way up. Um, things get a lot easier than, than that kind of giant, massive, it almost pretty much intractable problem when you reduce the scale quite a bit. Uh, and I think that is that seems to be a trend in, in the space currently and something that we are, are definitely really happy with, uh, in, and that trend is maybe moving away from these big, like a, a lot of the most well-known DAOs are these big giant kind of token defined organizations that have mm -hmm. like thousands of members or making decisions based on, on token voting. And they're kind of throwing money around based on the outcomes of, of these token votes. And I think people are starting to realize that that can work well in some circumstances for certain types of goals or, or within a different particular context, but it really doesn't work for everything. And so there's this movement to try to shrink down the size of the, the size of the active ingredients, almost like the size of the people that are involved in any particular decision or any particular action, even if it's if that action kind of impacts the, the broader, the broader group or the broader DAO. So there's this concept of, of like trying to delegate more towards the people that have the best information or have the bandwidth or have the ability to uh, to go do something or, or make a decision in a particular way. And so one way that DAO House can, can help there is by providing the infrastructure for smaller groups, uh, like sub DAOs basically, underneath these larger kind of more sprawling DAOs. 
So that, that's something that we're starting to think about more and, and starting to see some, some momentum toward and some, some adoption of. We ourselves, like our DAO that, that is building DAO House is structured that way or has em, like emergently become structured that way. That's been pretty interesting. Uh, but we're also just seeing a lot of DAOs that prefer to, say, to, to stay small and don't really need to reach like hyperscale to be effective. And I think that is a really great direction for the future to take, where instead of having these sprawling organizations, we can have just a bunch of small ones that may or, that may work together and, and may not, but kind of maintain their ability to move quickly and nimbly, make decisions, take actions together uh, without all the overhead of, of, of the big sprawl. Many for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You have probably heard uh, about how the market for collectibles, including NFTs, has gone totally crazy over the last year. And the problem, though, is that even if you wanted to invest in some of these assets, the price tags are simply out of reach for most investors. But there's actually solutions to this problem. And I wanted to tell you about one of those right now. So this podcast is sponsored by Otis. Otis is an investment platform that makes it possible for almost anyone to invest in shares of cultural assets. So here's how it works. You download their app and you sign up for free. They have over 100 items available for you to invest in, from rare collectibles like sports cards, comics and video games, to NFTs, contemporary art, and even rare sneakers. Shares usually start around 10 bucks, plus they add new assets every week. Then you can earn a potential return if Otis sells the underlying assets for more than the price the item was dropped at, or by selling your shares to other Otis members on Otis's real-time trading platform. So some of the drops from Otis are amazing. These uh, things are like sports cards and memorabilia, uh, like a ticket to the Kobe Bryant's final NBA game or a bunch of boxed, never open vintage video games like the original Game Boy Pokemon games. And as a music lover, to be honest, I was excited to see uh, an actual first generation, brand new first generation iPod. So if products like this sound up your alley, 
Well, right now, Otis is offering listeners of this show a free share when they fund their account. And all you have to do is go to withotis.com slash crypto 101 and sign up to get your first share for free. That is withotis, W-I-T-H-O-T-I-S dot com slash C-R-Y-P-T-O 101. For more risks and disclaimers, go to withotis.com slash legal slash disclaimer. And please check out the show notes uh, for those as well. So let's talk a little bit about the benefits of a DAO or, or basically the instances where it makes more sense to have a DAO than a corporation. Um, can you kind of discuss that point? Yeah. So so when in, in a corporation or like really any other traditional kind of organization, like kind of the whole point of that organization is to like be able to collect a bunch of resources together and then deploy them together, right? Like you, you can do a lot more with more resources to like the, the returns to scale of more money is, is like super linear often. Uh, the problem is that it's actually like the, the overhead of, of working with that is, is also like increases as you scale. And so we need, we need to like put, and in the real world, you need to like put resources in the hands of a couple people. You kind of have to like trust them to custody those on behalf of everybody else. And that creates, and this is a little bit of a long-winded answer, but I think, it, I think it'll be worth it. That creates the situation where it's actually very easy to capture either those resources or the coordination mechanisms and governance mechanisms that have been put in place to, to manage them collectively. And that seems to be what happens a lot in, in traditional organizations. Our governments are getting captured left and right. Corporations get captured a lot by board members that embezzle funds or whatever. And where DAOs really, really have a, a strong role to play is that they're, they're like the most resistant to capture organizations I think that we've, we've ever seen because they're decentralized and because they're autonomous, they're able to, to do that. So if you need an organization where you need to, where the goal is to effectively manage like a potentially large amount of resources and like deploy those resources towards, towards a goal and you're, you really don't want those resources to get diverted towards somebody else's selfish interests, then a DAO can be really powerful. And Interesting. that basic fact it creates a lot of like has a lot of knock-on effects. Like from that basic property of resistance to capture, you get like individual contributor autonomy because they're not answering to some higher like somebody far, farther up in their hierarchy. They have the the ability to decide what they want to work on, and that doesn't have to necessarily come at the detriment to what anybody else is doing. So you get this like beautiful emergence of people working together, maintaining their own autonomy and and sovereignty and you you get to see all this flexibility and like emergent ideas that we've been seeing in the DAO space so, so far that's awesome so let's say i'm just sick and tired of it and i'm going to form my pizza DAO and all the different things i'm going to do i'm going to try and marry together over here you know i've got bryce as part of it for the, you know, the marketing side i've got you know some of my other investors over here for funding and networking and, and and whatnot 
how like what tools are really available like are there fiat on and off ramps can i still get a bank account how do i do business with other DAOs? am i restricted to only doing businesses with other DAOs because they at least understand what i'm trying to do like what does that landscape look like once i make a DAO? am i just a man on an island at that point <laughs> a group of people stranded on an island or do we have like a big archipelago we can you know do business on and trade yeah so definitely the latter uh so especially when that archipelago is like a single single blockchain or or, or network or one that is interoperable with others most of my attention and, and energy is, is focused on the ethereum ethereum ecosystem so that is like there's a big archipelago of DAOs within the ethereum ecosystem however it's definitely the case that and, and we were talking about challenges to to DAOs earlier like the once you the, the the interface between DAOs that basically live on chain and the outside world is fraught with challenges right now we definitely are going to need better like legal constructs that can help bridge the gap and kind of create these hybrid organizations where you have like DAO stuff on chain and then like a legal like a bridge to the the off-chain organization that is able to like have bank accounts interface with other other traditional companies and the legal system and all that for now mostly when when DAOs are doing things effectively and truly as DAOs, it's it's on chain it's it's working with each other it's working for clients that are able to pay in crypto uh, it's uh do it it's like aligning incentives via token swaps with other DAOs and other protocols it's uh creating joint ventures by like kind of simultaneously funding uh the same kind of project uh it's working together to to build something and ha having funds you know kind of go towards towards both DAOs. it's it's that kind of thing and a lot of it is is interpersonal as well uh, is really where it starts and, and so my my question is is kind of zooming out a little bit but and, and kind of personal as well but like what was the main attractor for you to leave your day job, right? Leave your comfortable, you know, cushy day job. If, if, if you had a comfortable cushy day job before you <laughs> entered the, the Dow house crypto space, but you know, what was the main attractor for you? Yeah. This is something that's, that started to become like clearer to me, like as a through line for, for what I've been doing over the last year and a half. And so like it was in, it was in 2020, I had gone to East Denver in 2020 and started to meet a few people. And I, I joined a DAO called Raid Guild. It's actually the sweatshirt I'm, I'm wearing right now. And Raid Guild is a, a Web3 freelancer cooperative organized as a DAO that uses DAO, the DAO house platform, actually. And it's in the category that we can call a service DAO. Uh, so clients hire Raid Guild to design or build or, or market or you know, anything else related to their own Web3 project. And they pay in in crypto, usually it's ETH or DAI or, 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 or something like that. And the way that that raid guild works is we have, you know, a client comes to us and then we identify a few people to join what we call a raid party and then go work on, on that client's project. And 90% of the funds go towards, go to that raid party and then 10% goes back to the DAO for kind of internal projects and things like that. Um, and I joined not really knowing anybody but because of, of that structure and because of the way uh, the DAO is set up and, and the culture there, I had this amazing experience of like quickly developing what became really good relationships with a number of those, of those people. 
and I was able to work on interesting projects and learn a lot and kind of improve my skills and, and, and what I was capable of. And at the same time, get pay, paid pretty well for what I was doing. And it was like that feeling of kind of just finding a home with a bunch of random people on the internet that was also a way for me to make a living that realized like that there was really something powerful here. And when the opportunity came to start working on, on Dow House and helping out there, I realized that that was a way to make my experience that I had that was so amazing possible for, for more people. And that's the, that's the point at which I said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to quit my old job. I'm going to go into this full time. And that's been the way it's been for about, a, about 15 months now for me. Congratulations. So do, <laughs> Thanks. A, yeah. do all of our listeners a solid because we love to get our hands dirty and not just sit here listening to a podcast. What do we do to form our own DAOs? How do we actually jump into DAO House and start using it? Can you yeah. walk us through? Yeah. So I should say that there's lots of ways to start a DAO. DAO House is one option. I think it's a great option. But you know, in the spirit of, of you know, cooperation with other, with other projects, I don't want to claim that DAO House is the only way. That said, if you want to use DAO House, it's actually quite easy to, to launch a DAO. We actually call it summoning a DAO. So www.dowhouse.club is the place to start. And there'll be links to docs and other information, and then including the app itself. And then there's a, a button there to summon a new DAO. And no code's required. Uh, you don't have to know any, any solidity or anything about smart, smart contracts. All you need is a, is a wallet, like MetaMask or Wallet Connect enabled wallet. And uh, you can even do it on, on some, some side chains and L2s to make the gas a lot, lot cheaper than it would be on mainnet Ethereum. Nice. Uh, so DAOs is actually available on Polygon, on uh, what's now called Gnosis Chain, used to be XDAI, on Arbitrum and uh, Celo, as well as mainnet Ethereum. Um, That's fantastic. So it on Gnosis Chain, it costs like less than a penny to, to launch a new DAO, which you can do with a few clicks. And after you set up a couple configurations on the DAO House app, and then that'll that'll deploy a new a new smart contract for you, and then you'll have your own DAO, and you can add um, other other members of the DAO and give them shares, and then you can start adding adding funds into your treasury, and then you can create proposals to spend the funds from the treasury and have all the members voting on those proposals, uh, and off you go. That's beautiful. That's so many different choices. I love it. Uh, I guess that's what DAOs are all about. So how? Do DAOs figure into the broader Web3 network that's being built right now? DAOs are how people coordinate and cooperate and collaborate on anything in, in Web3. So DAOs are like the, the companies of Web3. They're the nonprofits of, of Web3. They're the social clubs of Web3. Anything so without, where humans are without relating DAOs, to humans. there is no Web3. It's kind of what I'm hearing. Um, I... Yeah, I, without DAOs, Web3 would not even come close to fulfilling its full promise. Yeah. Mm, I love it. So, you know, f you know in closing, um, you know, there's a couple kind of questions we always like to wrap up with, but it's, it's just kind of like a shout out. Like, give us one other company or DAO or project that you're, you know, you know, you're not financially incentivized to discuss or whatever. Um, but other, one other shout out, some guys that are doing some really cool stuff that you really, uh, really want to highlight and we think uh, crypto 101 users should go check out yeah um so this uh, the project that i i think 
I want to highlight is potentially a little bit under the radar for um, for people who are not uh, developers, but uh, Gnosis Guild. So this is part of the the whole Gnosis ecosystem. They are working on some really great kind of like baseline infrastructure for DAOs. That's really going to or already is powering a lot of really important interoperability and kind of composability between all the DAO tools that that exist and all the ones that that could ex exist in the future. It's kind of a little bit under the under the radar or like behind the scenes because it's primarily focused at the smart contract level. Mm. But it's gonna it's gonna like what they're doing is making it possible for for all sorts of plugins essentially to be added to their Gnosis Safe product um, at the smart contract level, which creates all sorts of options for how to uh, how to govern a, a basically a, a vault of assets mm. in in lots of different ways. And that I think is going has already at least created the tools to help some of the organizations that have had to compromise a little bit on, de on decentralization because of gas costs on mainnet Ethereum, help them to re regain some of the decentralization of executive power that is so important. Love it. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and then, you know, for those of us who are listening to the podcast, and this is their very first time that they've ever listened to a crypto podcast, their, their minds are blown. What's just a word of wisdom, a word of advice from a guy who really did break into the industry on his own and uh, he's now made a name for himself and uh, is building cool products. What's just some word of some words of advice? Uh, <laughs> so I, I think my words of advice are relating are related to finding a way to ignore all the scams and the, for lack of a better word, bullshit that inevitably exists in this space. There's a lot of stuff that is just downright crappy, and to be honest, gives the space a pretty bad name. And it, it's pretty easy from the outside if that's what you see, if that's what's getting attention to totally write off the space. So, uh, but if you're inside it, what's really important and really valuable is, is a kind of building the, the the muscles and the ability to identify when something is crappy or in, in a scam and versus when something is not. Because when you can do that, then you can really see how much amazing stuff is happening despite all the scam stuff. And you can stay inspired. You can like keep your eye on the ball and, and stay focused on, on what's important, which is uh, distributing power and seeing the magic that can happen when you do that. Love it. Fantastic. Well, Spencer, we really appreciated our time. And uh, we hope to have you guys back on again soon uh, with some new announcements uh, when you guys are ready. Yeah, that, that would be awesome. Uh, this has been super fun. Thanks for having me. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.